No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Radio Wave Medjinomics. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, over the course of the next half hour, uh, he will be opening up the messages of Our Lady to us, uh, helping us to understand uh, how they apply to our financial problems and difficulties uh, in our daily lives. And so now, our host, a friend of Medjugorje. Well, it's Thursday, and as usual, we're doing what Our Lady has to do. This is Living the Message, by the way. For those who've listened to the Bible verse that I just gave, uh, I, I request us gave, which was just read. And uh, at the end of the program, I want to reveal something about that that's really phenomenal. It's the first time uh, I've seen it anywhere that we announced something after 28 years of apparitions. And it's pretty awesome. But we'll do that toward the end, so uh, we'll keep you in a little suspense till that time. But it's very exciting to know about it. And it's to do with Our Lady, as always. Frank, we have you with us after a Three weeks absence, I guess, after having your wife having a baby and many things happening. Yeah. Well, so, hello again, uh, everybody, and it's great to be with you and your listeners again today. So what is uh, the financial situation doing right now? Well, um, it's uh, doing what it usually does when it's it's um, Sick. being controlled. You know, <laughs> uh, markets are controlled as long as... as, long as uh, you know, fiat currency uh, system is in place, and and uh, fiat currency again means you know that it's a uh, money that's not backed by a physical commodity. And um, so, what I'd like to talk about today or ask today is why have we in America went from being able to feed our families another day, another dollar was the expression, on five dollars a week was 
you know, the average pay for um, somebody in the United States a little more than 100 years ago, maybe a little more for a craftsman or a little less for a laborer. But we went from being able to feed our families, which were more than twice the size of today's families, with $5 a week, and now we have two parents earning $500 a week, and they're over their heads in debt, and um, they can't have the quality of life that we had before on $5 a day. What's happened? Where did our buying power go? Is this by accident? Um, how could this have happened? And um, the answer is is, is uh, the fiat currency system. And um, there's a couple of things that I'd like to read that past presidents have said about this. I read this statement by Thomas Jefferson again, but I think it's worth repeating. Um, Thomas Jefferson warned of the damage that would be caused if the people assigned control of the money supply to the banking sector. I believe that the banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. Already they have raised up a money aristocracy that has set up the government at defiance. The issuing power should be taken away from the banks and restored to the people whom it properly belongs. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and the corporations that will grow up around them will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. I hope we shall crush it in its birth. The aristocracy of the moneyed corporations which already dare to challenge our government to the trial of strength and bid defiance to the laws of our country. And so this was such a serious... Uh, well, we're there. I mean, that's what's happened. It, it was so serious that it was, uh, in the Coinage Act of 1792, it was the death penalty for anyone found debasing money. And then... Uh, and what, give an example of debasing money. Well, debasing money is to take, if you have a, if you have a dollar that's worth 371.25 grains of fine silver, if you take that silver away from that silver dollar, that's debasing currency. We, we debased currency in 65 when we, when we changed silver dimes and silver quarters to um, uh, copper, you know. So that would apply to individuals, the death penalty. And it also has to be by the same principle, therefore, to apply to government. It, it, it would. Um, of course, uh, Lyndon Johnson, um, you know, um, not, not that not say, the way he said, you know, um, in the Coinage Act of 1965, signed by Lyndon Johnson, terminates the original legislation signed by George Washington 173 years earlier, carrying the death penalty. So it was legal for so Johnson to do what he did. It's legal, but it's. But it's unconstitutional. Okay, it's unconstitutional. The the thing, the the point I want to make of what you just bring up on your point is the fact that why do these forefathers so grounded scripturally, so every move they made was based in Christian principles? U.S. Constitution is is sixty percent biblical, biblically based, uh, and ninety percent of it can be rooted back to indirectly to scripture. So there was they lived biblically. It was a, a biblical society, it's a Christian nation, it was, without doubt. People need to be educated in this because they've not, they've not been educated in that way, and they no longer know these things. The 
point I want to raise with what you bring up is real clearly why did they say the death penalty for debasing money and then Lyndon Johnson changed it? <clears throat> so who was right and who was wrong? What's the fruit of living underneath that standard before he did this and, and our, our economic situation? And what's the fruit of our economic situation now by debasing it? In other words, one was with Scripture or in tune with uh, those, those ethical principles of Christianity, and one was not. And you know the, the tree by the fruit that is produced and what's happened since that time. Yes, we have much material goods. We have a, a consumerism that is identified as evil spirit that really launched off at that time. Because we're coming out of the 50s and blenders and everything being invented. And so we can, we can easily identify as Christians, what was that better time, a dollar a day, feed your family, or today, $500 a day, two, two incomes, and not be able to feed your family and always struggling and being in anxiety. So Our Lady didn't say to read Matthew 6 and these verses without something she's trying to point to, that there, there's been a tree growing. Uh, is very, very, very bad in its fruit. Yeah, um, well, simply, uh, the, um, they, they put it there because there's no greater attack on our freedom than, than to allow this form of tyranny, a money backed by nothing, um, allows the, the few to control the masses. And so, so the difference is, is um, they understood clearly what tyranny was. They understood clearly how um, those that wanted to take control of us could get control of us. So they said only gold and silver will be currency in the United States of America. They set it up to protect us from this. And the opposite is if we allow a fiat currency, um, we're giving our freedoms over and over until those that are behind the fiat currency, have complete control, and we're complete slaves. And uh, Explain fiat in the context that you're giving it so the listener can understand what, what you're make, the point you're making with fiat money. Well, it's, it's money backed by nothing. So that it's today... Yes, yes money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So today you can, you can uh, create money out of nothing. This is the system, a debt-based system. And then where's our buying power when? It's when to interest. Our taxes pay, you know, I don't know if it's $200 billion, but it's hundreds of billions of dollars annually just for the interest on our debt. And so um, so we lose it through this. We lose it through inflation. And um, it, it allows this uh, inflating and deflating to basically, um, you know, strip away everything till they have everything in complete control. So to bring this down, the common man, the working man, and even the man that's out there, a businessman, a corporate owner, uh, bring it down to, to more of a, a term of how does it apply to me individually. Uh, and all, everyone out there in the economic system is, this system is, is really a system, what I already said, January 25th, or rather the June 25th, 1989. Satan has special plans to enslave you to materialism. Materialism is bought to purchase. These purchases today, all the way down to a sofa, is financed. And now even sofas or couches, you can see for people who least can afford it, you don't have to pay any payment until next year, 2011. Uh, you'll see advertisements like this. So, you know, you're, you're, you know, as I was saying, my dad used to, he was raised in a coal mining camp. And many of the older people know this, but the younger don't. But the store, the coal mine would put a store 
because obviously when the commoners got off their long hours of work, they had to go to the store. The store was owned by the company. And the saying was, uh, the company store owns, owns your soul because they pay stuff at a higher price. And basically they got it rigged where all your wages goes back to the company store. So the company pays you, then you pay the store. And it's just this vicious circle of poverty that you're locked into. And so Our Lady said this, say, Satan has special plans to save you to materialism. You go borrow the money. You, you're never able to get ahead and you stay in debt. The, the way to get out of this, how do, how do we get out of this? What Thomas Jefferson talked about, what Frank's talking about. How do you escape that? There's only one way. And now there's new regulations coming up to, to choke us down when we want to do a project. So even if you can pay for it, there's, there's things block, blocking us now. But uh, there's a convergence of evil. Uh, I just read this morning of a report of the Pentagon opening up the military to, to abomination, total abomination, sickening. But the word they used, or what I read this morning, was fiat. The, 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 I think it was Mullins or uh, one of the Pentagon, of, uh, main Pentagon official, along with uh, Secretary of Defense uh, Gates. Uh, they gave a fiat yes to this. They're, they're violating the law. Just like violating the law of changing and defacing, debasing currency unconstitutional this is not unconstitutional and yet nobody's objecting to this at least i haven't seen something anything i've just fresh read this and i think this happened yesterday the day before yesterday but it's incredible so what does that got to do with money it's, it's the convergence of evil and everything and and everything is tied to money so even this has some connection and so uh how do you escape from this uh well, we one testimony it shows that 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 enforces this, and it's get out of debt. So all these things may be unrelated. What is this on measurements for? It's all to give you and inspire you to realize you've got to get out of debt if you got to live in a tent. Get out of debt and slowly build a little a hut, and from a hut build a little house. It can be done. The debt thing is the slavery. It's the change that you shock yourself with, and you'll never be able to do anything while you're in debt. And even if you you're comfortable. The system is coming down, and that little liability you may have can pull down everything else you have if it's devalued. Uh, I was reading about uh, housing right now that, that actually, actually, this was on a, a, a preacher was preaching about it, about the morality of this is wrong. That you have people doing what they called, uh, I forget, he had some kind of term of uh, foreclosure. Uh, Walk away foreclosure or strategic foreclosure. In other words, you just walk away because your house that you bought was three hundred thousand dollars, now only worth seventy-five thousand dollars, and you just walk away from it. He would say, "Marley, you can't do that. You got to fulfill your obligations." And uh, there's ways that they're offering now of um, short short closings on the house, but still, um, you're, you're, so your liability where you had assets and you have something, you have deficits and you have debt because of that because it deflated. Uh, so you see out the liability. Somebody, several people, many people could be uncomfortable out there. And you don't know what your house is going to value. In fact, people, people were wrong and in sin without realizing it, the igno- a sin of ignorance. And buying their house and then build assets to go buy another house. A house is not that. That's, well, maybe a house is that way, but a home's not. My home, when I built it, was my home. I called it a live-and-die home. When I was in business, I told people, is this a live-and-die house? They'd ask me, what are you talking about? I said, in other words, did you build this house to die here? No. Well, then don't do this much 
up, upgrade to it. But I was amazed at this. I was amazed at talking to a 60-year-old, just built a house, put it there. What are you going to have? Well, we don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You just got a place you stay. It's not what that is about. You know, there's people out there that say, they don't say where you live. They say, where you stay. Because you might stay there tomorrow, and tomorrow you might not stay there later. And so this is, this is absurd. Where is the proper mentality? Where is the biblical principle of putting your roots down, finding a place? Well, I don't know my job, my transfers. But because you've participated into a system that has enslaved you. But if you got loose from that, you wouldn't be in a position, position where it's going to force you to go here or go there. You'd, you'd build up a little bit, and you say, okay, I find a high-paying job in, in Michigan because the unions, which is all going down the tubes now. But why not, why not have more, making less, by paying as you go, have a house pay for, a little plot of land, whatever, and, and have the richness of life? And so uh, who's better off? Somebody trying just to make more to have more? Or somebody's got everything paid for, and they sleep good and have no anxiety at night? So all this is, is, again, philosophy you need to start basing your decision on and to get free from this system that Satan's building and what's the currency being debased to mean nothing to change. Joan, just read this one testimony. It shows you this, that, that people waking up to realize what they have to do. We don't have and never will have credit cards ever again. Why, you might ask. At least a lot of our family and friends do. Because we have found security and trust in God for the provision of all our needs. We have learned that getting a hold on your attitude is the number one factor in being victorious over your finances. We now tell the money where to go instead of it guiding us around and making us slaves to others, such as student loans and credit card companies. In gaining a newfound respect and understanding of what we have been given, we have come to acknowledge and take responsibility for the money God has blessed us with. We had to face our debt and our desires and become better stewards of our possessions and income. We don't have to have a false sense of security in our credit cards anymore. We've been good stewards and have real security because of our habits and perseverance. Sacrifice has had its place in our budgeting wants and desires, but it is completely worth it. We remind ourselves that delaying a purchase doesn't mean we will never have it. Trusting God, timing, patience, and preparation are everything, though, when it comes to gaining financial peace. And this is a testimony of actually, you, you, it's made a point in there that doesn't mean uh, that we can't, because we can't get it now, doesn't mean we can't have it. In fact, you'll get those things quicker by not borrowing. I know this reminds me of when we were building our house for eight years, and I live in that house. We built it like we wanted to. And when we got within a couple of years of finishing, or actually within a year of finishing, although we thought it was still two, three more years, I bought heavy pieces of equipment. I bought several heavy pieces of equipment. And, and uh, one of our friends actually told my wife, you should divorce him for doing that, not getting you in this house. And so um, I, I say... Um, and my, my philosophy was, the, like the Amish say, you know, many a fine barn built a fine house. I knew that fine barn was the business and the equipment. And we actually made enough money uh, in the next six months to finish the house within 12 months, when it was at least three years away, by buying this piece of equipment. So by not borrowing and buying the proper things and those things that, that, that helped you or can help, help me in that situation, I advanced my ability to do what I did. Much quicker. 
So you don't. You retard yourself by meeting self-gratification and immediate gratification. You hurt yourself. Delayed gratification, you end up with more. And we've talked about a study done about that. Uh, you've got a question. About- well, I was just in listening to the conversation with Frank and you and, and this term fiat. Uh, for me, uh, that word has always been the word that, that is associated with Our Lady. You always talk about Our Lady's fiat. And I just think it's interesting that this word is coming up more and more. Our Lady's fiat was her total submission to the will of God and what he was requesting of her. And it seems that as this, I remember you coining this phrase oppositing years ago, where Satan takes something of God and reverses it for his own. He like steals something from God and, and reverses it for his evil. That this fiat that's being said through this fiat money or this fiat program in the, with the military is this yes to Satan, to Satan's system, or he's, he's taken this from our, and in particular, it's a strike against Our Lady, it seems to me. This is, this is exactly true. That, in fact, you never, never heard the public or read or see uh, the word visionary for the first 15, first 10 years at least of Medjugorje. It was not a word that people used. It wasn't out there in, the, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a daily basis contact. And I was very, I've, I've watched words. I've, I've been very sensitive to that because the words, the message of Our Lady. And, uh, and then suddenly everybody starts using visionary. And I remember when I first started hearing it. And it was too, too, too mundane because when you heard visionary, you thought of the six visionaries. Anywhere, whether it be in the news, whether it be on TV, you, this is what you thought of. But now uh, the visionary who's the architect, you, you, you won't be able to connect that. But I distinctly remember there was a total absence of that word. It wasn't used. It wasn't that it doesn't exist. It just didn't people use it. You see it everywhere now. And it is Satan's plans. Frank? Yeah, well, and it's a very good point that um, the Bible says the, the love of money is the root of all evil. And fiat money is the root of all our problems today. So if you're you know, talking about quietism or, or anything else that we're tolerating and allowing, you can see that the longer this exists, the longer that it's in place, the more control and the more power they get. And so um, the more conversion takes place, the more that our we take our liberties back and take our freedoms back by getting out of debt, by um, following Our Lady's messages, um, and... Uh, you know, particularly these books that, uh, that again, I'll say are the most liberating books that I've ever read because, uh, as we've talked about before, um, I.C. Farr has not only given me the ability to read thousands of hours that I wouldn't have read, but it's allowed me to understand what I'm reading so much better without the influence of television. And so... Um, these are the most important investments because they have to do with Our Lady's message. And Our Lady came to liberate us from this system because uh, this is not a system of, of freedom. It's a system of, of tyranny. And, and, the, and the opposite is told by this, this, the whole world. And even Christians think this. You know, Christianity is not a religion of restraint. It's, it's, a, it's a religion of inspiration which opens up many unrestrained paths that you can in numbers, total unrestrained numbers. And you made that point, what you just said. 
thousands of hours reading by reading one book open and liberated you from that. And so often religion is seen as, oh, it's strange. I can't do this. I can't do that. You do it, and then you're inspired to what you can't do. You're going to find a hundred things you, you, can't, you can do. When we threw out our television, which is what I see far as about when I wrote that book, our, our kids were, were restrained by this system. And, and while you could say, well, I'm free to do this and watch this, as soon as we get rid of it and, and rid this out of our life and begin prayer, our life became so rich so very, very rich in so many things that we could do. And because of that and, and this freedom we had, we had incredible, incredible paths that we could, we could uh, follow. So uh, it's, it's, un, it's very important to, to know that. I know um, I want to read something that really signif- you know, actually brings this point much stronger home because we want our wants and we're always looking what we can't have and we're restrained by that or because of well our religion it goes on it says i ask god for strength that i might achieve i was made weak that i might learn humbly to obey i ask for health that i might do greater things i was given infirmity that i might do better things i asked for riches that i might be happy I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for things that might, I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for but everything I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I among men, all men, most richly blessed. That's wealth. How many people envy those who may have things? And really what makes you your wealth? And so our lady's trying to get us to do this, to understand this by reading Matthew 6. And, and do not think it's wasted time to submit yourself to any influence that may bring upon you noble feelings. Our lady's message is that influence. There's nothing else to be involved with. There's no other ministry to be involved with. You say, oh, well, all these good ministries. That's not in question how good they are. But we've got something that's on the front burner. What, what do you want to be involved in? And what is it saying? Which brings to the conclusion of what our lady, uh, I said I wanted to reveal something about um, our lady and what we've discovered that we didn't know. And it's, it's incredible. Uh, I, I remember reading years ago about the Jews that they, they blocked the, the scriptures, how they wrote it. And every letter would be above another letter, how they wrote it, and blocked it. And you can go sideways, and it would reveal something to them. You can go backwards at, a, at another diagonal angle and through these letters, and it would mean something. That they believed everything in scriptures had this kind of uh, thing, whether it be mathematically, the way the sequences worked up. And our lady's got prophetic things. Still in these apparitions, after 28 years... Well, you know, she came the first day with that. And we don't even know. We just now discover. So the first time, and, and somebody just brought this to my attention in the community, so I didn't even find it. But as soon as I heard it, I knew this, uh, this was thunder to me. It was just said, happen chance. But this is huge, huge. Because our lady said on March 1st, 1984, or first she says, um, August 5th, 1986, read every day, or read each day. Well, let me back up. Read each Thursday the Gospel of Matthew where it said, No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. On March 1st, 1984, 
to Yellen, she says, Each Thursday, read again the passage of Matthew 6, 24, 34, before the most blessed sacrament. And so we have this, so we're reading this every Thursday. And now, after 20 years, it's revealed to us for the first time. You know, our lady laid something in this because this is obviously so important, so critical to everything we're doing and understanding and living by. And look what it says. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. So she wanted this especially read. That is Matthew 6, 24. 6, 24. What was the first apparition? What was this day? 6, 24. Amazing. Is that not shocking? I mean, it's, it's so prophetic. We're living something so prophetic. And I've never read this anywhere. I've never heard it anywhere. And it's amazing how come we haven't discovered this. Well, we quit reading the Thursday, Matthew 6, years ago, two decades ago. They stopped. You know, they began it for a few years, and in Paris they used to read it. Nobody reads it now. So here it is. We revive this. Nobody else is doing this. We want to inspire everybody else to do this. And our lady comes and reveals this to us to reveal it to you. This should be an impulse that you spread this to everywhere and say, go, go and listen to Magic Medjugorje Medjugorje today. Uh, Our Lady, when you follow her, she'll reveal things that's unforeseen, things that you don't know. And to me, this is a a huge, huge uh, uh, earthquake in the Medjugorje movement. This should move through the whole movement from this point forward. Uh, And those who understand it will. I mean, Frank? Extraordinary. It's the first time I've heard it. Extraordinary. Yeah, it's extraordinary. And this is from Our Lady. And so you, you follow her, she shows things. Uh, I know we talked on our show the other night on the second of the month. Was that yesterday or is that not, not even before yesterday? We're, mo- we're moving at such a fast pace right now. Today's the fourth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two days ago. Uh, somebody said we don't need to comment on a message. Well, then you don't need to know that 624, Matthew 624, especially she says that's, that's the verse. 24 is where it's, well, let me read you 24. Just the verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's verse 24. That's chapter 6. That's June 24th. That's an amazing thing. So we don't need to comment on that. So you see the narrowness of the mentalities of people out there? We do need to comment. We need to study it. We, our life is the message. We're putting this Thursday show on because we think it's critically important. And now Our Lady comes and feeds us information to give to you. So it's, uh, I know we're out of time. I don't know if anything you want to say real quick, Frank, but uh, it's exciting. Medjugorje itself is exciting. To get yourself out of debt and see what you can start doing is tremendously exciting. Yeah, um, we can wait till next week. There uh, just is something that fiat currency uh, under this um, description that I found online says hyperinflation is the terminal stage of any fiat currency. In hyperinflation, money loses most of its value practically overnight. And we can read the, the rest later, but it's it's um, this is very clear throughout history how fiat currency ends with the confidence being lost in it and its value being gone suddenly. We just want to end with the thought that about the greatest apparitions on earth, and there's three reasons for that, is LA is for 28 years has given apparitions every single day. That's never happened before in church history. 
Ali secondly said she would give messages never before in the history of the world. And thirdly, these are the last apparitions on earth. And Our Lady said that and that's documented. So that puts us in a magnitude of, of, of something the world's never seen before. And for Our Lady to tell us to read Matthew 6 every day and then come on, uh, and particularly 624, you cannot serve God and mammon. She, she actually quoted that verse to some degree, a small degree. The fact that that is, and she comes on 624, June 6, and that's the 24th day. The six months it is incredible and it can leave us speechless. And so we just think of these things and it makes us, it gives us an impulse to go to the message and do what she says. So until next week, we want to say goodbye. We wish you our lady.